Welcome to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. For business communications, training, and marketing, Corporate Podcasting Smarter is for enterprise-level and professional organizations and is an official podcast from Podbean. We feature interviews with industry experts, learning and development use cases, podcast network advertising best practices, and helpful tips for how to get the most out of podcasting within your organization or media network. Hello, and welcome to Corporate Podcasting Smarter. Today's episode is a rebroadcast of one of our live events on how to succeed in making money with podcast advertising and special guest Heather Osgood from True Native Media. Stay tuned as we hear about what ad solutions are out there, how they work, how podcasts can make money from ads, what are some Reach for the Stars examples, what are the future of podcasting ads moving forward, what podcasts are selling, how we can all get a piece of the pie, ad saturation, and much more. Stay tuned. And here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Corporate Podcast Monthly Live Series here presented by Podbean. My name is Norma Jean Belenke. I'm the head of events here at Podbean. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm joined here today by Heather Osgood of True Native Media. Hello, Heather. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. We are so excited to have you here. And we're talking today about how to make money with your podcast how to bring in actual dollars, cash money with your podcast, which I think is the million dollar question that most podcasters really have. Um, You know, I get asked it all the time. I'm sure you do too. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think online, it's also the question that people post quite often, you know, oh, but how do I bring in revenue and how do I make sales and how do I you know, bring the money in for my podcast, you know, not the, the concepts and everything else, which we talk heavily about at Podbean. Um, where we cover, you know, all aspects of podcasting. And today I'm so excited to dive into this with you. Before we start, tell us a little bit about your journey into podcasting and how you got started with True Native Media. Yeah, for sure. So I founded True Native Media six years ago. We actually just had our six-year anniversary um, here at the beginning of January. And I got into this space because I had owned businesses and I had an advertising background And I started listening to podcasts and I was like, where are all the ads at? There's got to be more advertisers for these great shows I'm listening to. And so I looked around the industry and I found that really only the very large advertisers were being served with the advertisements. Um, At that at that point, um, six years ago, you really needed to have at least 50,000 downloads per episode before a representation firm would even say hello. And I just felt like that seemed a little strange to me. So I started the agency specifically to help small and mid-sized shows monetize their podcasts. And um, here we are six years later and have certainly grown in a lot of ways. Absolutely. It's so interesting because, you know, when podcasting first came out, it was really something where it was like, okay, you know, a a lot of people just couldn't wrap their head around it. They're like, what do we do with this? You know, in terms of monetization, in terms of, um, you know, how to really bring in brands. So I think it's something where as the industry has grown, and I say this quite a lot to people, so I'm going to say it again. Um, you know, everybody's asking how they can get a piece of the pie, but in truth, the pie just keeps getting bigger. Um, with podcasting, which is such an, I think it's just such an exciting time for the medium. Um, So in terms of ad solutions, you work with mid and small size podcasts. And I'd like to, for you to speak a little bit about the value before we jump into like the actual 
you know, the nitty gritty, where's the dollars? <laughs> I'd love for you to speak a little bit about how important your niche is as well, because podcasts, re- podcasts really are, offer the ability to speak directly to your audience and, and for advertisers, that's so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. So we focus entirely on host-read endorsement ads, which we really believe are super important. And one of the things that I preach constantly is that in social media, we're all so familiar with these influencer ads. We see them all over the place. And yet for some reason, still after many years of doing these host-read endorsement ads, I don't think that as an industry, we do a good enough job of saying, hey, this host is an influencer. And if you have a group of people that are following you and they're listening to you and they want your advice, you are an influencer. And so those host-read endorsement ads are super important. And when we talk about niching down and really focusing in on a specific topic, I mean, obviously that's the beauty of podcast advertising, right? Is that we can listen to very specific shows. And when I, you know, I talk to people you know, in my life about what I do, um, it's interesting always to get people's feedback about whether they listen to podcasts or don't listen to podcasts. And I always say, hey, if you're into X, Y, and Z, go and look. There is a podcast for that, I'm sure. And when we talk about especially having really specific content, if you know that there are advertisers or companies that are trying to reach those listeners that you have, that's where a lot of the magic happens that um, you know we really do try to focus on in this space. Absolutely. So for all the podcasters out there, how would you recommend, I mean, what are the best tips you'd recommend for reaching out to those advertisers and for connecting with those brands that, you know, if you're a podcaster of something very small, um, at Podbean, we often use, uh, an, an example of like a, a podcast on bicycles because right? <laughs> that's pretty right. So let's say you're a, you're a bicycle podcast, right. Or you have a, a podcast all about cycling, right? How do you connect with those advertisers? How do you make that initial first step? Yeah, I think that it's really important for you to determine um, your goals, you know, out the gate. And I know that we're talking to, um, today about the idea of monetizing your show through advertising. Um, and if that is the direction that you want to go, I think it's really important for you as a podcaster to say, I'm embracing ads. That's how I want to make money. And then really to look at the different ways to go about finding advertisers. So the first way is, of course, you personally can go out and and talk to companies and ask them if they want to run ads on your show. And we can talk more about that. Um, You could look at trying to list your podcast on a marketplace. So certainly there are companies out there like AdvertiseCast and Podbean. um, We've got one. Yep. I was just about to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Where you can go and you can list your your show, right? And advertisers connect through you there. Um, And then there are our representation firms like True Native Media, where you're specifically working with a company that is going to go out and find advertisers on your behalf. It really depends a lot, I would say, on um, the topic of your podcast and how niche down it is, and also really the size of your podcast. Um, if, you're, if your show has less than 1,000 downloads per episode, 
my recommendation for you is to really focus on audience growth. Once you can get to that thousand download per episode mark, then some of the options become, I would say, more feasible for you in terms of actually getting advertisers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and a lot of people, we get this question quite often, how many downloads should I be getting per episode before I make the ask, before I put together a press kit, which is stuff we'll get into in a little bit. But I just want to reflect back what you said. That 1,000 download number is pretty standard at this point. Um, and obviously that changes, right? Like you mentioned, when you first came into the industry six years ago, it was 50,000. <laughs> So it, it's definitely something that has changed. And, and I really want to talk about the future of advertising um, later as we continue. But I also um, want to reflect back what you said about marketplaces. At Podbean, we have a great marketplace. It's called Podcast Advertising Marketplace. And you know, like you said, if you're a small podcast, you can list your show and say, I have slots available. And companies, if you're a company and you're watching this and you're like, how do I advertise on a podcast? You can go on the podcast marketplace, uh, podcast advertising marketplace, and you can, you know, buy some ads. So it is that direct. And I think that, um, there's a lot of solutions out there. So let's talk a little bit about the solutions and the technology, because there's some really cool stuff happening with dynamic ad insertion. And a lot of people don't know the specifics because, you know, things are happening so quickly within the industry. And so let's break down a couple of those ad formats and how ads are being served and how people are how podcasters are getting ads and buying ads um, and how they're being placed into podcasts. So you first mentioned host red. So for everybody out there, can you just explain a little bit about what that is, the specifics of it? Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because it's such an important piece and excuse me, if you haven't um, been in the ad space, you might not understand the different types of ads that are out there. So um, at True Native Media, we do all the of those host-read endorsement ads. So what that means is you, the host, have gotten the product from the advertiser. You have tried the product. You have liked the product. And in your ad read, you're going to say, hey, guys, I know how we talk about mealtime all the time on our podcast, about how it gets so challenging. And with a family, I don't even know how any of us have time to make dinner. Well, let me tell you about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a great solution for you and go into this ad read, right? So your audience is hearing you, the host, talk about a product or service. Now, of course, in the industry, we have heard those pre-recorded announcer type ads as well. Those are, are still in the minority in terms of overall ads in the space. So most ads are going to be host-read um, endorsement type ads. And you can take that host-read endorsement ad and you can put it in your podcast in a couple of different ways. So the first way is you can bake it into a specific episode. So those are, are typically called either embedded or baked in ads. And what, what that means really in essence is, let's say you're producing episode 50 today and you have an ad for HelloFresh. If I listen to ad 50, I'm sorry, episode 50, I'm going to hear that HelloFresh ad. But if right. I listen forever. to episode forever, forever. right? <laughs> Until you, the podcaster, take that episode down, strip that pod or that advertiser out and then put it back up. Right. So if I listen to episode 49 or episode 51, I won't hear that HelloFresh ad. It's just in that one episode that you put it in. 
With dynamic ad insertion, we have ad markers that we place throughout your entire catalog. And, and with that technology, then you can look at placing and it can still be a host read endorsement ad. It doesn't have to be that pre-programmed ad, but you can insert that ad into your full catalog of, of episodes. And so then we look at how many people are listening to your show in a specific period of time. And that really helps you increase the number of impressions that you can give an advertiser. Absolutely. And I think what you said is, I mean, that's, that's what it is. And what's interesting is that when you say, you know, that insertion point, that's a timestamp, right? And so you can, depending on the platform at Podbean, we have a great platform called Pod Ads, And um, you can select the specific second that you want your ad to be inserted. So it doesn't matter whether it's an ad, you know, from a voiceover guy, like you were saying, um, from like a traditional um, ad, or if it's host read, if you have that piece of audio, you can have it, and this is what dynamic insertion means, you can have it spliced in to that specific second. And mm-hmm. so the technology is fantastic for all you podcasters out there because it basically enables you to serve fresh ads to your audience because, you know, a lot of, a lot of podcasters have evergreen content, content that is relevant forever. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't expire. And so... Right if somebody just discovers your podcast two years in and they're listening to your entire back catalog, you're able to resell those ads, which is so valuable in terms of, you know, being able to monetize those assets as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking to a podcaster today that's been doing baked in ads with us for, I don't know, four years now, and they get 3,500 downloads per episode in a 30 day period. So the ads have been based on that 3,500. So we've been selling their ads for about a hundred dollars a piece. But when we look at how many downloads they get on a monthly basis, I was encouraging them to move to dynamic insertion they're getting 35,000 downloads per month. So okay. we were discussing <laughs> that we could get between like $750 and $800 um, for an advertiser for a four-week period if they move to dynamic insertion. Because instead of serving 3,600 downloads or impressions, they're able to serve 35,000. So it's a really big difference. And I really encourage all podcasters to look at dynamic insertion because I think it really is kind of where the industry is headed. Yeah, absolutely. And for all you podcasters out there, like do not, uh, you know, don't forget about how important your back catalog is, you know, like it got you to where you are now. And like, you know, a lot of people will have that consistency and then they'll have the spike, you know, of success or of, you know, somebody famous tweeting your podcast or, you know, all of a sudden things expanding, but those back episodes got you here. And people, once they find your show, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you've done this, Heather, as someone who loves podcasts, right? You find a show and you're like, oh my God, give me all of it. Give me all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's super important to make sure that you monetize those options. And, and that's such an important, I mean, that example you gave is so fantastic. Like literally 10 times the amount of downloads. That's wild. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so they're missing out on that huge chunk of monetization, which I mean, now they're not missing out on it, but you know, it's a real opportunity. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Um, so what would you say in terms of somebody who has a podcast that maybe they've reached the thousand download mark, you know, they've really worked on it. They've boosted their social media. They've, you know, really built their audience up to about a thousand. What would you say is the next natural step for somebody who is 
looking to monetize their podcast? And, and, and what would you suggest or I guess the most professional ways to go about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to be misleading at all. If you get to a thousand downloads per episode, you still probably do not have a large enough audience to work with a representation firm. So most representation firms, um, True Native Media um, and others that I know still are looking for about that 10,000 download per episode number before they're going to work with you. Um, So you probably aren't large enough to go and work with a representation firm, but you definitely, like we've already talked about, should list your podcast on, you know, and there's a handful of different marketplaces. So super easy to do. So I highly recommend that you do that. And then really what I recommend people do at that point is that you try to sell the show yourself. Now, I realize not every person out there is this ad salesperson, but you really can make a lot of money if you personally go out and try to pitch your show. And what I usually recommend that people look at is try to package your podcast with other content that you're creating. So if you can go to an advertiser with your podcast, with your social media, with your newsletter, with your website, all of those together can really help create uh, a, a very viable advertising package for you. Um, and kind of circling back to what we talked about with like the niches, it is important for you to consider the type of content you're creating. If you're just like, hey, me and my best friend, we love to get together and chat on our podcast. That's terrific and it's wonderful. There, there probably aren't tons of advertisers lined up saying like, hey, how can I, I talk to you and your best friend? They are out there, of course. But if you are creating a podcast for dentists or veterinarians or attorneys or you know, some earth science association or, you know, something that is really specific, that does tend to be easier for you to go to industry associations and industry leaders and say, Hey, are you interested in sponsoring my podcast? Um, so it really does depend on the content that you have. No, absolutely. And I, I love what you say about, you know, and you, you mentioned this earlier about niching down, right? So to get super clear in your niche, because with those podcasts that are like me and my best friend, you'll get there, but it just requires more download numbers, right? Because you you're not ha- you're not specifically targeting dentists or vet veterinarians or a specific demographic. Well, and yeah, and the other thing to think about, and I know that we don't want advertising to dictate our content, and I'm not suggesting that, but if advertising is really important to you, maybe when you and your friend get together to create a podcast, every podcast you talk about your favorite wine, and now all of a sudden it's not just you and your friend, but it's you and your friend and wine. And so then right. that... You can build it up. in. Right. It, it opens up a natural door to say like, oh, wine sponsors would be perfect for this or, you know, wine tours or whatever, right? Like it, it just gives you more options. So if, if you can, and I know this is not new information, but like, like niching down is so, so important because it gives you a direction and it gives the advertiser somewhere to land. Yeah. We have a podcast that is, it's hilarious. It's a comedy podcast. But the name of the show doesn't mean anything. And we have a really hard time getting advertisers interested in it because it's kind of hard, like besides us saying like, it's, it's two best friends and, and they're funny. It's like, funny, and right. It's like funny. That's, it's not it's objective. Enough. 
Right. right. Exactly. It's not enough for the advertisers to be like, oh, wow, we have to advertise on it where our financial podcasts, our business podcasts, our mom podcasts, like those sell like crazy because the advertiser says, oh, that's what that is. They understand the content. And I think a lot of times when people are creating podcasts, they don't, they don't think about that. But advertisers and listeners alike need to understand the type of content that you're creating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's really, they need to understand the audience and because that's who they want to speak to their brand about. But also um, you said something before that was really interesting. Sorry, it just, it popped out of my mind, but it'll come back in a minute. Um, Oh yes. About packaging. Um, So when you are a smaller podcast, right, maybe you're in between a thousand to 10,000 downloads, right. And you're like, okay, I can do this on my own. Or I, or I at least want to start on my own and build those relationships with advertisers and put myself out there. Um, you mentioned that it's really important to package. And um, we've also had other guests say this as well. Hala Taha came on, did an interview with us, and she said the same thing. She said, bundle your social media, bundle your download numbers. You know, So what are some of the things that you see or that you've seen from podcasters put into a media offering? Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously the podcast, but then (laughs) if you can add in um, Instagram, obviously is really, you know, pretty um, desirable right now. So it doesn't have to be a post in your Instagram feed. It can just be a story. Um, It could be creating a reel for them. Um, I, I always really recommend that if you have a newsletter that you stick an advertiser in your newsletter. And the reason is that people who are subscribed to your newsletter are really committed to you. They're getting your newsletter for a specific reason. And when they open the newsletter, you can put all of your advertisers information in there in a very clickable, easy to access way. And so I feel like that can be a really good place um, for you to promote advertisers. Um, And then on your website as well, depending on the type of traffic that you get on your website, if you already are set up to do banner ads, or if you want to do banner ads, um, I think that those can be really good ways of going about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's something we always talk at Podbean about personal bandwidth, right? Because a lot of podcasters will take everything on. I have to have a Twitter and an Instagram and a, a Twitch and a TikTok, TikTok and, and a <laughs> newsletter and a website. And, you know, so what would you say are, in, in your opinion, what would you say are the most valuable points of contact for a podcaster? You mentioned Instagram, you mentioned newsletter. If you had to say the top three in terms of what um, advertisers like the most, um, that might be helpful for podcasters to hear. You know, I think that that, that isn't necessarily a one and done type answer for us at true native media. We have created a lot of content over the last couple of years. We put a lot of focus into it and, um, and we have our own podcast when we started, we identified that LinkedIn would be a good location for us because we're trying to connect with advertisers. So we started with LinkedIn um, and then we were like, everybody's on Facebook, let's go to Facebook. And then we're like, everybody's on Instagram, let's go to Instagram. Um, And oh, I missed Twitter. We did Twitter as well. Of course, we have our website and we don't have a consistent newsletter, but you know, at the end of last year, when we were reviewing our goals for this coming year, we we're like, nobody is following us on Facebook. Like as much as everybody says Facebook is great, we've run Facebook ads. 
we don't have any traction there. Um, We don't have much traction on Instagram. Like we're not really like that image heavy kind of content, but we really succeed in LinkedIn and we really succeed in Twitter and we see a lot of opportunity on YouTube. So for us and our brand, we see those as being the outlets that pair best with what it is that we are creating. Now, I was um, just interviewing a new podcaster for representation and she's a female lifestyle brand. Her Instagram is just on point. It is beautiful. Her website is beautiful. You know, looking at those things just made me want to hang out and have coffee with her, right? Yeah. Um, Those are her place, right? Like those are the places where her audience lives. So it's, it is really important. And I'm so glad that you talk about this. And I, I think that as a marketing principle in general, it's really important for us not to try to be all things to all people. One of my very, very favorite speeches that I have, have listened to in the marketing space happened a few years back at Social Media Marketing World. Um, it's a big event where they talk everything social media and these, um, content creators, uh, their, their team, they got up and they talked about being everywhere. And then they talked about how much they hated creating this content, right? They're like, Mm -hmm. I have to post on Facebook. I have to do this blog post. And Mm -hmm. they said the best comment. They were like, if you're not having fun creating the content, what makes you think other people are going to have fun consuming it? So you know, if you think about your podcast as being the central piece of your content, um, and then think about what is naturally spinning off of that content that when you create it, or when you're on that platform, if you love TikTok, then be on TikTok. If you love Instagram, Mm -hmm. then go to Instagram, right? But most people don't love it all. And so if you can find the place where your audience is, where you're enjoying creation, Those are the places I recommend you go and then bring your advertisers along with you because advertisers see value in audiences on all platforms. It's not that they value one over the other. Really at the end of the day, the advertiser is looking for that true connection you have with your audience that's going to bring results to their brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that because it's really about audience, where your audience lives, right? It's about you know, audience response and what brings you joy, right? Like if you're happy to tweet out a couple of things, but making a TikTok just makes you feel like, you know, you're in office space. <laughs> like why? You know, there's no, there's, there's no reason for it. So I think mm-hmm. it's something where it's so important. And like you said, it can be a process of trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. Like if ever, if, everyone's on Facebook and you try Facebook, but it's not working for your brand or your podcast, then it's important to know that and let it go. Right. Right. Absolutely. You're going, it's the the whole 80, 20 principle, right? That we get 80% of our results from 20% of our effort. And you need to identify what content is really producing you that 80% return and then focus your energy there. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to kind of pivot a little bit as we move forward. Um, And I want to talk about the future of podcast ads because, you know, everybody, not everybody, I say that a lot, but a lot of people, you know, are very excited about where we are now because it's been a period of exponential growth, right? We have dynamic ad insertion. 
There are millions of podcasts putting out episodes every month. It's very exciting. Um, and we believe that the pie is just going to keep getting bigger. So what do you think is coming down the pipeline in terms of podcast advertising in the next six months? Um, and then in the next maybe 18 months to two years. Yeah, for sure. So in the next six months, I, you know, I think that what we have seen at True Native Media is just a huge increase in interest in advertisers, right? Um, we get inbound leads on a regular basis of companies that are like, Hey, I want to place ads. Can you help me? How do I know where, you know, where to advertise? How can you help me get a return on my investment? So there is really, I would say a a good influx of new advertisers coming in into the space. And I don't see that slowing down. I really think that that is going to continue to increase. Um, you know, depending on how much you kind of pay attention to what's happening in the podcast space. Of course, we have seen a lot of corporations that have moved in that are investing in the space and they're investing, I would say in, in a pretty big way. Now, um, in the industry, we are nearing that billion dollar annual revenue in advertising and it's, it's exciting. And I think the jury's still out. I don't know that I have heard if we hit the billion dollar number in 2021. So I think we're all kind of just waiting to see if we exceeded that. The other thing to always keep in mind though, is as much as podcasts are growing, when you compare that billion dollar number to the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that are being spent in digital advertising, it still isn't it still isn't massive, right? And I also always look at blogs. I think blogs take some really good parallels to podcasts and there are over 600 million blogs out there. And so as yes, we are growing. And when I started, there were 400,000 podcasts. And I mean, I don't know how accurate the number is, but I've heard there's over 4 million now, right? I mean, that number is growing rapidly. Um, and so we are going to be continuing to see that that you know influx of large corporations wanting to invest in the space and wanting um, you know to companies wanting to come in and advertise. So I think that we're going to continue to see that. As I said before, I really do believe the industry is headed directly you know, at dynamic ad insertion. And the reason is, is that it doesn't matter when content is created. It really matters when it's consumed. And if someone is listening to an ad today, then they can get served an ad today. And it's no less effective to listen to episode one today as it is to listen to episode 100 for an advertiser, right? So I feel like that's a really important piece. And um, I really do also believe um, YouTube is going to potentially play a much larger role in this space. I feel like that's one of those predictions I make where I'm like, let's see if that's really true or not. You know, we'll have to see in a year or two. But um, I think that really people listening to YouTube is something that is going to happen more and more. And the more people listen to YouTube, the the more opportunities there will be to access um, more content, you know, for publishers, you know, to put their content on YouTube and then, and I guess, really access those audiences. Uh, and I think that's all going to dovetail into then potentially more programmatic ads in the space. Um, that coupled with, of course, 
Amazon and Google and Spotify and all of the companies. But I think programmatic, which are those pre-recorded ads that are just automatically inserted, I think that those certainly are going to become more prominent in the industry in years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, YouTube's been investing heavily in podcasting internally. So I think we're all excited to see what's going to come out of that. It's a pretty, pretty exciting time. Um, And I want to just talk once again about I want to circle back to dynamic ad insertion for podcasters out there who are new to recording ads themselves. And we've talked about host read ads versus having, you know, hiring a voiceover professional to record your ad. Um, Host read ads do better, right? They perform better um, and they really have, you know, add into the pace and rapport of the episode because the host is reading them and then, you know, you kind of pivot in. Um, what are some do's and don'ts for ads, you know, for reading ads that you've heard, um, for inserting ads? Cause I, you know, there's inter- for, for everybody out there who may not be familiar, there's pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll. Um, you know, c- can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? What are the valuable placements? Um, and how does it really set yourself up for success? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you mentioned the idea of hiring like a voiceover person to produce your ads. I would discourage anyone from ever doing that. Um, Anytime you have an announcer read kind of radio-esque ad, that should really be coming from an outside company that's going to be, you know, programmatically or, you know, uh, I, I would say programmatically inserting that into your show. And And when I say programmatic, what I mean is that large companies come in and they're not buying your podcast. They're just buying a demographic. So they're saying, I want to reach podcast listeners that are between the ages of 20 and 35 that are female that make this much money and live in this part of the world, right? And so those are the types of ads that just get inserted into a podcast. And Um, I do think like companies like Spotify are doing more and more of that. And I think that's going to happen more. So those are usually those announcer type red ads. But again, the vast majority of ads still are those host red ads. And when you're talking about putting together a host red ad, I know we talked about the idea of getting product, but it is really important that you get a product as the host that you understand the product you understand kind of that unique selling proposition, what makes the product interesting to you and would be interesting to your audience. And then really think about making an ad that is very engaging, that, uh, you know, is going to draw your audience in and make them want to listen to it um, as opposed to like, all right, guys, here's the ad. I'm going to have to read this to you now. Let me get it over as quick as possible, Um, which believe it or not, some podcasters do. And so we... (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I I don't think I've encountered one of those yet, but uh, (laughs) good, good. They they are out there, but yeah, you really want to make sure that you're giving your advertiser a lot of, um, you know, time and attention so that your audience will want to purchase that product. And, um, so those I think are, are certainly considerations. Um, and, you know, I, I can go into ad placements as well if you're interested in that. Yeah, I think people, you know, for podcasters out there who are new or, or for advertisers who are, you know, thinking about investing in the medium, w- what does it look like? 
Yeah, for sure. So we typically have three ad placements in a podcast, pre, uh, pre-rolls, mid-rolls, and post-rolls, which are pretty easy and standard to look at. Um, pre-rolls usually come at the beginning of the podcast. And I, I have kind of two classifications for pre-rolls. There's a true pre-roll, which is the very first thing that you hear. If you push play on a podcast and the first thing you hear is an ad, that is a true pre-roll. Um, and then you kind of have in-content pre-rolls is what I usually call them. And those are ads that come kind of before the meat of the show. So maybe you've welcomed, um, you've done your intro, you've welcomed um, your listeners to the show, and then you move into an ad read. But if it's if it's not really, you know, into the actual content, it still is really classified as a pre-roll. And then a mid-roll is an ad that I usually say falls after about the first 25% of the show and before the last 25% of the show. So somewhere in the middle. And that really is the most desirable placement. And the reason it's desirable is because most of the time when we're listening to podcasts, we don't have our phone right in our hand, right? Like we're doing something else. We're commuting, we're exercising, we're washing the dishes, what have you. And we're less likely to pick up our phone and fast forward through that ad. Um, and so we tend to listen to them more. So mid-roll is really valuable. And then post-rolls usually fall at the end of the show. And again, a true post-roll would be you've run the credits, the show is over, and then an ad pops up, which of course is the least desirable because most people aren't going to stick around to listen to an ad at the very end of a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm sure that you've listened to a, a, a lot of podcasts like we all have. And I'm wondering for, for you, in your, um, in your opinion, what would you say is that balance of, you know, having great ads and filling your spots and having ad saturation? Because I'm sure we've all listened to podcasts that have two or three pre-rolls and then a couple mm-hmm. of mid-rolls and you know, you're kind of just like after a while, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's such a good question. And, um, I do think that the length of the ad plays into the equation. I usually recommend people do 60 second ad reads because it's pretty difficult to do a very effective host read endorsement ad in less than 60 seconds. Um, you can, and depending on the type of show you have, you might be able to get away with a quicker ad, but most of the time I think 60 seconds make the most sense. Um, there certainly are many different variations. Some podcasters like to thank their sponsors at the beginning, maybe run the ads in the middle, thank their sponsors at the end. So it just kind of depends on what feels good for you. But I typically think three to four ads in a 30 to 60 minute podcast is really the most that you should have. Um, if you listen to terrestrial radio, they have ads galore. But I think it's important for us to always try to remember in podcasting that part of the reason that podcasts were created is because people were tired of terrestrial radio and we don't really want to go to that place where we have 30 minutes of ads and 30 minutes of content, right? Like, so it is, I think it's really important for you to, um, slowly enter the ad space. So if you've never had ads on your podcast before, instead of going out and saying, I'm going to get four advertisers right now, I'm going to fill this thing up. 
you know, get one, get two and kind of feel out how your audience is responding to those advertisers. And, you know, advertisers aren't necessarily going to, um, you know, say this is great or this is horrible. So, you know, ask your audience how they feel about the advertisers and, um, you know, try to keep an open dialogue with them, but also let them know that the reason that you're bringing sponsors to them is because you believe these products can, you know, make their lives better and you need to get paid too. And this is a good way to support you in that content creation. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate what you said about having the host, you know, experience the product, try the product out, you know, have that personal experience with it, which then they can relay to their audience, right? Because it's not a hard sell, right? It's saying, Hey, I tried this. I liked it. I think you'll like it too. And that really, you know, builds that trust and maintains that relationship with the audience as well, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. which is super important. And I think you're right about ad saturation. Cause we've all heard podcasts, you know, where it's like, ad, ad, ad. okay. You know? Um, so that's, that's a really great perspective. Um, I want to talk about advertiser relations and audience relations. So if you're a podcaster and you're just starting out, or maybe if you've hit that 10,000 download mark um, and you have advertisers, what does it look like in terms of them wanting returns um, Mm -hmm. and keeping them happy? And what happens when, you know, maybe they're, they're a new advertiser to podcasting. You've gone out, you've, you know, found the bicycle shop for your bicycle podcast and they're not getting the returns that maybe they would have liked to see. Um, What are some expectations maybe that podcasters and advertisers can both have in terms of what the percentage of success is in in terms of sales and and return on investment? Yeah, for sure. So one thing that I haven't mentioned yet that I think is really valuable is that if you are a smaller show, so if you're a podcast that falls, I would say somewhere between like one and maybe 5,000 downloads per episode, I really encourage you to start with affiliate um, advertisers. And what I mean by affiliate advertisers, if you're unfamiliar with that term, is they're companies who are going to pay you based on conversion. So a really popular affiliate advertiser is, is Audible, for instance. You can sign up to become an Audible or an Amazon affiliate. And the nice part about signing up for affiliates is number one, you don't have to sell anyone, right? And if you just go on online and search for um, podcast advertise affiliates, you'll come up with companies that you could then advertise. And the, the nice part about this is no one is paying you money. So if the advertiser doesn't get a return on their investment, that's fine because you haven't been paid for it. You have an opportunity to really practice what it looks like to put together a good ad read. You know, what does it look like to have a good ad read? And then I think most importantly, you get to see the results. So one of the downsides sometimes of paid advertising is very infrequently do advertisers tell us 
this podcast got X number of conversions for us. Usually the answer is, yeah, that show worked okay. We're going to rebook it or that show didn't work. It doesn't like, we don't usually get numbers, but when you sign up to do affiliate advertising, you know exactly how many conversions happen because you get paid every time you make a sale for that company. So I think it really gives you a lot of ammunition to track what kind of results you can get for your advertisers and to try out some things like, does your audience respond really well to Audible, but maybe they don't respond as well to, um, you know, like a Squarespace ad that's, you know, an affiliate because maybe that's just not something they're interested in. So you can kind of play around with different types of advertisers and that will allow you to then set appropriate expectations with an advertiser that is paying you money. So you could say my, you know, my conversion rate is typically X. And the reality is, is that most of the time advertisers don't see overwhelming success out the gate um, with your show. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do, but oftentimes they don't. So part of it is really, I think having a good conversation and in my opinion, I would do this regardless of where your ad came from. If, it, if you sold it, if you worked for, you know, worked through a marketplace or a representation firm, what are the expectations of that advertiser when they start the campaign? What does success look like to them? So if we were turning around and looking at the campaign after it's run, what is that advertiser hoping to accomplish and hoping to get? Because that will allow you to see what you're actually doing. And then you have some sort of a measurement, right? A ruler to say, what did, what did success look like? I don't think that happens very often. So that I really encourage podcasters to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And to do your homework. I mean, it's something where, you know, we all see the, the, the podcast that comes out of nowhere and, you know, makes millions of dollars. And in truth, a lot of those podcasts have been, you know, recording weekly shows, for five years plus, you know, it's, they really built that up. Um, but it's something I think you're right, where you're able to identify your niche and because different audiences respond to different products and offerings. So that's also a a really important aspect of it. And starting with affiliate is a good option for people that may not know what their audience is going to respond to and, you know, to, to get familiar and comfortable if you're, if you want to play that long game in terms of advertising. Absolutely. Um, so what are, I wanted to ask you, what are some, I guess, examples of podcasts that you've seen really have success with podcast advertising and what kind of money does success, you know, success is such a subjective term. Um, but what kind of money are we talking about? Because we had mentioned earlier, you know, on a 3,500 download per episode, we're at about a hundred dollars with a specific advertiser, specific podcast, obviously it varies. Um, and then, you know, you're looking at maybe 10 times that for seven, $800. So what are some average numbers that we're kind of seeing in the industry in terms of what advertisers are, are paying for, mm-hmm. for ad slots? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it definitely varies a lot and um, you really do have to look at, 
the audience that you're delivering. So um, in the past, we worked with a podcast that specifically spoke to government contractors. So companies okay. that were trying to get bids in front of government contractors, that's obviously a really super valuable audience, right? Um, we work with a podcast right now that is is specifically for tax attorneys. And we have a university that advertises on that podcast. They're paying quite a bit for that, right? And in terms of of like a CPM or cost per thousand model. Uh, So it, it really does depend on the type of content that you're creating. The other thing that I think is really important is for us as a representation firm, if I go to an advertiser and I say, hey, I've got these 10 podcasts and I want you to advertise on all of them, I need their rates to be somewhat similar, right? I can't say, oh, hey, this podcast has uh, a $5 CPM and this one has a $50 CPM. They're going to say, why? Like, what makes this one cheap and this one expensive? And so, we have to have rates that are relatively within the same range. Now I could have one show financial shows right now are selling like crazy for us. Business shows sell like crazy for us. We have advertisers that really want that content. So I could say, Hey, this show is selling out. And so they have a higher CPM or I could say, you know, um, we've got all long-term advertisers on this show and there's only one open spot. So those types of things can can elevate the the price that someone's going to pay but really what i think is that if you are advertise if you're getting advertisers on your own i would throw the rates out altogether because i don't think that they're super relevant Um, you as an individual podcaster, if you're selling ads on your own, are you really going to go to, let's say you have a thousand downloads. Are you really going to go to an advertiser and say, I'm going to charge you $25 for this ad? Like it wouldn't be worth your time. And truthfully, it wouldn't even be worth their time. And they wouldn't value it the same way. Right? Like I always think of the example of like if, if somebody came to me and they were like, Hey, Heather, I have this like amazing luxury queen mattress and it's a hundred dollars. Do you want it? I'd be like, no. Right. Like, <laughs> like what's wrong with it? Right. Exactly. What's wrong with yeah. it. Right. So you don't want to go to an advertiser and say, Hey, I'll sell you ads for $25 a piece because they're not going to see, like they need to see that you're valuing that content. Um, and so for us, we have a threshold of a hundred dollars. We always just say, we're never going to sell an ad for less than a hundred dollars because most advertisers should be paying at least that for, for an ad. Right. Um, so really we look at the CPM pricing model when we get to those like 10,000 download per episode type podcasts, because then it makes sense to look at that model. Um, whereas when you're, you know, when you're smaller, it's, it's much more difficult to kind of come up with, with the rate. And so then that's when that packaging does come into play and you need to think about, um, what is this worth and what is it worth for the advertiser? So how many conversions do they need to get in order to cover that investment? If you went to them and you said, Hey, this campaign, I've got a three month campaign for you. It's going to be $2,000. You're going to get X, Y, and Z. How many customers would they need to get to recoup that cost? Do they need to get two or do they need to get 200? Um, And that comes kind of back to that setting expectations. 
what are they looking at to get to really see what success looks like? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how you broke it down there. I think it's really important to know, you know, kind of where you're coming from and in terms of your audience and, and your advertisers, right? So if you're a small podcast, set your rate, you know, like you said, package it in with some Instagram stories and a newsletter feature and, you know, make it valuable for the advertiser. That's super important. Um, I also, <clears throat> I also want to bring it back to the CPM. So for everybody out there who might not know, dynamic ad insertion is priced on a um, cost per thousand um, basis. And the, the acronym is CPM, which is uh, cost per milieu, milieu, which I think is French for a thousand. Um, so for everyone out there, um, and Podbean also has, um, we have a really great CPM for anybody who wants to dynamically insert. I think we're right now it's $3 per CPM on pod ads. So it's pretty exciting. And that's also something I think you have to factor into when you are talking to advertisers, right? What are your costs? Because of course it's your time, right? But then it's also, you know, anything else you're bringing into it, right? Are you making graphics for them? Are you, you know, what are, what are some things that go into that? Especially if you're doing a newsletter feature or anything like that. If you are doing a host write ad, but you're hiring an editor, I think it's also important to, to bring in those costs as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you just, you have to look at what is the long-term strategy here. And if you're wanting to monetize your show through ads and at the end of the day, you're getting paid $5 an hour for the work you did, is that really sustainable? Is that really getting you closer to your goal? And if it's not, then it's really not worth doing. Um, so that's why it, it is really important for you to consider that. On the flip side though, I certainly have experienced podcasters who have come to me and said, oh, I've been charging this advertiser $450 for an ad. And I'm like, dear Lord, your audience does not like, you know, uh, dictate that kind of rate. Like you're yeah. way overcharging them. And then they'll say, oh yeah, well they canceled because the, you know, they said the rate was too high. And I'm like, yeah, of course. So like, instead of getting $750 an ad, if you've gone to them and said $350 an ad, they probably would continue with you, right? Because they would be seeing a return on their investment. So it really, you have to look at it as a two-sided equation. And if the advertiser isn't going to win, you always have to remember the reason companies advertise is because they're trying to get more customers. They're not doing it because they like you or they want to, because they're your friend, you. right? They like <laughs> right. your show. Exactly. It's not that they don't like your show. It's not that they don't want to support you, but their ultimate goal is to grow their business. And so you really need to look at what it is, what's going to make them grow their business. And then on the flip side, like we, we started with what is going to make you money. So it has to be an equal equation or it doesn't work for either party. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be a win-win for everybody. And I think that's, you know, that's when you find the best of both worlds. So we have enough time. I want to ask you one last question. You mentioned a couple of times having a long-term strategy uh, in terms of building up advertising for your podcast and, um, you know, really building that monetization and building relationships with advertisers. What are some tips or maybe examples you have of a long-term advertising strategy for a podcast that's maybe you know, between 1,000 and 5,000, they're, they're kind of packaging things on their own. Their audience is slowly growing. What are some things that you can, you know, build in as they happen? 
um, in terms of a long-term strategy to set yourself up for financial success with your podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's, it's important for you to look at, um, growing your audience. So that, I feel like that is one of the most important parts of getting success with advertising is having a larger audience. And I know it's not an easy thing to do. And I talk to podcasters every day who are like, how do I grow my audience? How do I get more listeners? And so I sympathize with you. Audience growth is not an easy thing, but the reality is, is that the more listeners you have, the more you can charge for advertising. And so I really do think that it's important um, for you to focus on audience growth. So first and foremost, I always think that that's important. Um, secondly, I think it's really important for you to be with a good hosting provider. Now, my guess is if you're listening to this, you probably host with Podbean, which is great. Yeah. Podbean is a great hosting provider option because they do have that dynamic ad insertion feature. So yeah. there are some startup kind of hosting services um, where <laughs> they don't have that feature, right? Yeah. And so if you really want to take advantage of growing into dynamic ad insertion, you're going to have to move hosting providers. And that is a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's tedious. Yeah. It's well, tedious. I mean, we make it easy if you want to switch to Podbean, but um, <laughs> it is well, important it's a, to, yeah, it depends on how many episodes you have. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So, um, but yes. I think it's important to have a host that you can grow your monetization with. And we have so many exactly. tools at Podbean. Exactly. Right. So make sure that you've got those tools in place that you can grow because not everyone should do dynamic ad insertion out the gate. Like that's not the best, best strategy to start with dynamic insertion. You need to grow an audience. But like we said in the example earlier on in the interview, you know, that podcast that had 3,500 downloads per episode versus 35,000 impressions they could deliver per month that in and of itself can help you grow your revenue, I would say, you know, far and wide. So definitely make sure that you're, you're looking at that. Um, and then I think lastly, it's, it's important for you to try to focus on advertiser relations. So we work with a mom podcast that's been doing it for years, but they really go over and above to deliver for their advertisers. They, um, they have a minimum ad buy, so they make sure that all of their advertisers are buying at least three ads with them, which I encourage and I think is a really good strategy. They do social posts and newsletter inclusion for free. Granted, they're you know getting enough for their ad insertions that it makes sense for them to throw that in. And then they really, I think that they really spend time thinking about how can I get a return for this advertiser and they do, they do get good returns for their advertisers. So ultimately thinking about how to foster those relationships, how to build long-term advertisers that aren't just going to, mm. you know, run a few ads, but maybe place annuals. Those are the types of things that can really help, you know, increase your overall revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And build that partnership, I think is so important. Podcasting is such a relational medium, you know, in terms of from, from audience to guests, to advertising, it's really something where, you know, that personal touch really does make the difference. So mm -hmm. it does. Absolutely. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of advertisers either. You know, we didn't talk too much about your audience. Um, but I do think a lot of times podcast hosts feel like ads are 
bad for their shows in the sense that their audience isn't going to like the ads or they're going to be disruptive. And the reality is there's a recent survey that just came out that said that 78% of listeners actually respond in some way to advertisements on podcasts, which is really a super high percentage. So quite a high rate. Yeah, it is. Your audience doesn't mind learning about products and services that are going to make their lives better. So just remember that it can definitely be an all around, all around winning strategy for you. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be pushy. It can be informative and it can really truly be a win-win. Yes, it can. Oh, absolutely. Well, Heather Osgood, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Corporate Podcast Monthly Live Series from Podbean. And have a great day, everybody. Happy podcasting. Thank you.